I appreciate the reading that Kevin has done. We're a little short this morning, uh, kind of a scant crowd compared uh, to what we normally have, but we do know a number of folks that are away traveling. Please keep them in your prayers. Trust they will have a safe return and be back with us again. But this is the heart, of course, of vacation season, and we got a lot of folks out. A couple of quick announcements um, that I want to make, and then I'm going to get right into the lesson this morning. One, this coming Friday night, that is this Friday night, um, we'll have a movie night and discussion. And I didn't really ask Montel or Jules before I came up here how many people have responded. But if you want to come to that, please make sure you see them today and uh, so they, we can have an idea of who's coming. Uh, we're going to be looking at the movie War Room. And uh, I've not seen it. I know a number of people have, but I've not seen it. But I'm told it's a pretty good movie, and we'll, of course, be discussing it afterwards. Second thing is, let me echo what Wes was saying. I don't want to repeat what he was saying, but please do take notice on your calendars that that's a Saturday evening, uh, 4 to 6. And it is primarily, if you'll notice those questions, it is primarily geared toward reaching out to your friends and family members and different ones, maybe people you work with or whatever. And we're going to talk more about this, but one of the best ways we have of getting someone to come to something like this is to talk to them personally. Wes had these cards printed up. You can give them that for their fridge or their mirror or whatever they want to do with it to remind themselves. But even volunteer, as I said, we'll talk more about this. Volunteer to, you know, kind of make an evening of it. You'll pick them up and bring them. But we really want to have a number of people out here. Obviously, we want to have a number of people Um, that the gospel can reach, but we also, you know, it's going to be something that the neighborhood sees. So we need people here to make a commitment to it and to really be committed to making the effort successful. So be thinking about that Saturday evening, 4 to 6, September the 10th. Without any further delay, let's get into the lesson this morning, and we're going to continue to talk about this morning the idea of being holy in my strength. Now, I'm really going to focus on the idea of strength this morning, And what might contribute to that. And I want to use a key phrase throughout the lesson. And the idea of remember. uh, I am a saint. And we're going to talk about that. The word saint, I've noticed in my life, and you probably have as well, that people will use the idea of the word saint. And a lot of times we'll hear it more than anything of I'm no saint. And the idea is... I sin, I make mistakes, I do this, I do that, I'm no saint. Well, I want to talk about this morning the idea of remember I am, as a Christian, I am a saint. Let's return, first of all, to an old friend, and probably when you see that background, you know what's coming, and yes, indeed, it is the caricature of the man in the mirror. But I want to ask a question as we begin to explore this whole idea of being a saint. When I look in the mirror and I see my reflection... What do I really see? Now, I want you to stop to think for a moment. You probably, like I do, you get up in the morning, one of the first things you do is you go into the bathroom, and you're going to, at some point in there, look in the mirror. Even if it's a passing glance, or if it is you're ready, you're getting ready to go out and meet the world and so forth, you're going to look in the mirror. And chances are great, you begin to think about yourself. You think about, I mean, things flash through your mind of your day, but probably even on a greater sense of your life. And as we look in a mirror, if we're contemplating that, we're thinking about the reflection staring back at me, who am I really? And I know you've probably asked that question, and I'm not asking it from the standpoint of I can't remember who I am, but who am I really? 
And am I holy? We're talking about this year. Be holy, God says. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Well, am I holy? Am I really a holy individual? I might even ask it like this. Do I often remind myself that I am a saint? You know, the word saint literally means a holy one. So if I'm saying to somebody and talking about some weakness I have or even sin that I commit, maybe I'm even, you know, kind of jovially or even jokingly saying, I'm no saint. What I'm really saying to someone is, I'm not holy. And maybe you say, well, yeah, I have the humility, you know, I'm humble enough to admit I'm not holy. Well, I am, as a Christian, supposed to be holy. And we're going to start from that premise. I know that I'm supposed to be like God. I know when I became a Christian, or if you're sitting here this morning and contemplating being a Christian, you know that that means a commitment to be holy. So let's go to what the word really is saying. It's a commitment to be a saint. And if I ask the question, do I often remind myself that I am a saint, Maybe I say, no, I never do because I don't feel that. All right, that's fine. But do I need to do that? And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that we need, even in our weakness. Remember we talked about last quarter, the idea of being holy in my weakness. Even in my weakness, I need to begin and then to keep on reminding myself that I am a saint. Let's go back to last year's theme for just for a brief moment. We talked about fulfilling my purpose. And remember, we looked in all these different roles. And it might have been as a parent or a child or at my work or certainly in my church. We talked about fulfilling our purpose or purposes in life. I want to focus on that first word that I have up there underlined. I know I fulfill my purpose in life. I know that there are these different areas of life. And I might ask myself, am I really where I want to be physically? But I'm going to have physical activity. Certainly, if I want to be a physical individual, I'm going to have to have more and more. And I something I understand very well lately. How about emotionally? How do I fulfill my purpose as I complete my emotional makeup? As I interact with other people and exchange emotions? Now, you know where I'm going with this. How do I do that? Am I fulfilling my purpose to have companionships, friendships, relationships... In a holy way. Do I often remind myself that as I engage in physical activity or emotional uh, pursuits, even financially, as I'm trying to make money and all of that kind of thing, am I holy in that? Am I being a saint as I conduct myself? For example, financially, is my only idea to get ahead, to do better than the other guy? And is it that I would even get to the point that I would cheat somebody else for my own benefit? Or is it that I'm thinking, no, I'm a Christian. I want to get ahead like anybody else does. I want to make all I can make and do the best for my family. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But do I remember I'm a saint? Am I conducting myself in a holy manner? Certainly romantically. When we talk about emotional relationships, we all want romance. I mean, that's just a natural thing that's been created within us by God. But there is a holy way to fulfill that pursuit of romance, and there's an unholy one. Do I remind myself, you know, 
when you're younger or maybe when you're older and you're going out on a date, do you remind yourself as you look in the mirror and fix your hair and so forth, I'm a saint. I'm a holy person. I'm going on this date. I'm engaging in romance. I want to be romantic. I want to have that love and that exchange between myself and this person. But am I reminding myself that I'm a saint while I'm doing that? Spiritually, certainly. Do I just go to church? And I'm going to ask you a hard question. Do I just go to church? Or do I remind myself that I am a saint who's attending the assembly of God? Do I just rush in here and go through the motions and get it over with and get out of here and go back to what I'm doing in my everyday life? Or do I remind myself that I am a saint? Let's go further with that. I am a saint. That is the truth. And we're going to talk about that in in, in just a moment of why that is so. But I am a saint. And I need positive reinforcement or I'm going to forget that. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you're not like me. But if you are like me, if you don't positively reinforce the fact to yourself that you are a saint, you'll forget it. And you'll begin to act in such a manner that is not becoming of a saint. And we can be talking about... You know, some of the big, bad things of cheating the person you're doing business with or committing fornication with your date. Or we can be talking about how you just look at your neighbor or drive down the street. I need to positively reinforce that I am a saint. One of the greatest strengths I have, and it really is, because the mind is an incredible machine that God has put within us. It's just an incredible thinking mechanism. And one of the greatest strengths I have is acknowledging who and what I am. We're going to see in just a moment, and and I'm not going to give you by any stretch of the imagination everything the Bible says, but we're going to see how the Bible, how characters in the Bible that we consider so strong, how they positively reinforce the fact of who they were, what they were. And I need to do that. I'm going to digress for a moment here, bear with me, but I'm going to talk a little psychology. And those of you that, you know, know more about this than I do, you'll recognize some of this terminology, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but I think we all understand it. There is something in behavioral science that is called operant conditioning. Now, it's not important that you know that term, but operant conditioning involves the use of positive reinforcement. Whether we're talking about raising children, training dogs, Or I'm talking about me training me to be what I need to be. It involves the use of positive reinforcement. It involves the use of what's called discriminative stimuli. Now, yeah, that's big terms, but what does that mean? It means something that stimulates me, and I'm going to be discriminant about it. You ever heard the phrase, for example, garbage in, garbage out? We, uh, that, that's an old phrase. It used to be used a lot, especially when people were programming computers. And you younger people, you never had to do that. But the idea was, if you program garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. And preachers used to use that, since it was such a popular term, we used to use that and we used to say to folks, if you feed garbage into your mind, just like Jesus said, if it enters your mind, it comes out in your actions. Garbage in, garbage out. Well, it's discriminative stimuli. And the bottom line is, what am I stimulating myself with? If I go around all the time talking about the sin that I like and enjoy, 
you know, the chances are tremendously great I'm going to engage in the sin that I like and enjoy. If I tell myself I'm no saint, chances are great I ain't going to be a saint. And you get where this is going. You learn to discriminate the stimulus you're bringing into your life. You're very discriminative about it. You don't read certain things. You don't look at certain things. You don't watch certain things on television. You don't listen to certain music because it stimulates behavior within you you don't want. I am a saint. And so operant conditioning uses discriminative stimuli. And it's stimuli that's added to increase, notice this, the likelihood that certain behavior or favorable action will occur in the future. All that's saying in big language is, I want to stimulate myself to be better in the future. And you notice something that's said here, and I copied this right out of an article on operant condition. But one's behavior may be enhanced, but notice this, even controlled by that stimuli. All right. I am a saint. I haven't been living up to that very well lately. I might say that to myself. But I am a saint. And I want to do better. I want to remind myself. I want to meditate on who and what I am. Because it will steer me, keep me going in a positive direction. Let's look at some scripture for a moment. Turn over with me to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. We even sing this. One of our songs is that verse put to music. And depending on your translation, it will say, I have been, or literally in the original, I am, in a perfect sense. I am in an ongoing sense, perfect tense, I meant to say. But in an ongoing sense, I am crucified with Christ. I'm a saint. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and yet not I. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now, if I were to repeat that and meditate on that just for 30 seconds a day, what difference would it make in my life? You see, Paul is using discriminative stimuli, and if you look at that, and we will study this passage in a context of something Peter had done, and what Paul was literally saying to Peter is, you need to remind yourself of who and what you are, Peter. Because you have been, just like me. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer just my life that's living. Christ is living in me. It's positively reinforcing who you are and who you need to be. Notice Acts chapter 27 and verse 23. Now, I love this, and I I would stay a long time in this passage, but I won't. But if we're looking at Acts 27 and verse 23, Paul is on a ship going to Rome to be in prison, to continue to be in prison, and he's already been in prison for a couple of years. And if you were going through an ordeal like that, and I know some of you are, going through a hard situation, a continuing ordeal in your life, you might find it hard to remember sometimes as you deal with this ongoing, unfair situation. You might find it hard to remember that you're a Christian, a saint. You don't feel like being one. And you don't feel like responding like one. But Jesus visited Paul 
in the midst of a really tough time. You remember the shipwreck and all of that going on in Acts 27. Jesus visited Paul during this time. And Paul speaks about being visited by the angel of God. And then he adds this, just adds this. God, whose I am and whom I serve. It's very short. But think about what he's saying. He's reminding himself, he's stimulating himself to act a certain way by saying, I belong to God, I serve God. What a difference in my life would there be if I stopped during the course of my day, especially in the middle of unfair situations, and said, I belong to God, I serve God. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. Let me turn over there and read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. This is where Paul says, and the part that often gets quoted is, I am what I am, or I am who I am. Some people have called that the Popeye verse, you know, and some of you remember that. I am what I am. You remember But I want to read the whole verse and notice with me 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10 of what Paul is saying. It was by the grace of God that I am what I am. I want you to stop back and think for a moment. If you got here, however you got here as a Christian, and it doesn't matter to me if you were fortunate enough to be raised in a godly home by Christian parents, that's something that God favored you with. Or if you have a story to tell in which in some strange way, some circumstances that ought not to have ever been in your life, that God orchestrated that and got you right here. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Now notice what he does with this. And his grace, his favor, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. You see what Paul is doing there? He's thinking, he's reflecting about how he got to where he is as a Christian. And what he is saying is, I'm not going to let that be in vain. What a difference in my life could there be if I stopped every day for just five or ten seconds and said, it's by God's grace that I am a Christian, I am a saint, that I got here to being a Christian. And it's not going to be in vain today. What a difference could be made. Think about Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, literally the dynamite, of salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. What a difference could be made. What influence would I have on other people if I truly said to myself and got to the point where I was never ashamed of the gospel, to stand up for it, to defend it, to believe in it, to honor it, to know that it is the power of salvation. I'll tell you, if we as members did that, we would fill this church lawn to overflowing with people that just that we know who need the gospel of Jesus Christ, who have those hard questions. And they're fair questions. Why is there so much suffering? Because there is. And I know when I look at me that I'm not the worst guy going. I'm not the worst person around. I'm a pretty good person. But is that enough? You know the answer to that. There are plenty of people out there who do not know the answers to those questions. And they need to be here. And they need to question it. And they need to think about it in light of the Word of God. Because like Paul said, 
In Philippians 1 and verse 17, I am set for defense of the gospel. I know it is not just the good news. I know it is the best news there is. What Jesus has done. What Jesus will continue to do. That Jesus truly is the answer. And I'm ready to defend him in this world. And you notice as you stay in the book of Philippians, that powerful passage that I go back to often in chapter 3 and verses 12 through 14. I have not already attained. I haven't made it yet, but I'm reaching and I'm grabbing and I'm grasping. And the Lord is reaching down for me to help me up. I forget those things that lie behind and I press on. What a difference in life could be made. If every time I start, I trained myself, you see. Every time I started to think about it's too hard and I don't want to keep doing this and I don't want to go on. If I made myself in automatic response, stop, take a few seconds and say like Paul, I haven't made it yet, but I'm not going to quit. I will press on. What kind of difference would be made in my life? If I really meditated on chapter 4 and verse 13, if I stopped to listen to the words, I can do this, whatever it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, that, and I could have put a hundred other verses up here. That's the kind of positive reinforcement. We look at these guys in the Bible, we look at these men and women in the Bible, and we say, how did they do it? They were real people living in real times with real problems. They did it because they reminded themselves of who they were. They were humble enough to say, I need to keep reminding myself. And the Apostle Paul does this. You read his epistles. You won't find one where he doesn't do this. Where he doesn't talk about who he is and what he is. Where he doesn't make another commitment all over again of what he's going to do. Where he doesn't say, I am a saint. I'm a Christian. And I'm going to live like it. And you're going to see it. Positive reinforcement. I must remember who I am. It's so important as a Christian to just look in the mirror and remember who you are. To stop and remind yourself that you see a saint there. A holy person. Not somebody that's play-acting. Not somebody that's, as I sometimes call it, got to put on a game face and fake to other people that I am a Christian. Not a person that's just trying to dress myself up, just like we might on a Sunday morning, get up and put on our nice clothes and so forth, and come to church so everybody can see how nicely we're dressed. You know. But I'm looking at a person in the mirror, just me, and I should see a saint. And I should say to myself, that person right there, you are a holy person. And remind myself of who is going out in this world to his physical and financial and emotional and romantic and, yes, spiritual pursuits. I'm a saint. I'm a Christian. I am spiritually alive. We don't talk about that too much. And maybe we need to talk about it more. My spiritual life. I am spiritually alive in Christ. And my life each day reflects who I am. I'm going to put up a composite uh, list of verses here. And, I, and there's so many more. But I want to draw some points out of these verses. Now, you can copy them down or I'm going to read them off if you're listening to this at some point in the near future. 
But in Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 4 through 6, where Paul talks about our relationship with God, or again down in verses 12 through 14, when he talks about when we trusted in Christ, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Or again in chapter 2 and verses 21 through 22, where Paul talks about our bodies having become the habitation, literally the home, the place to live for God. Do I see myself that way? That this is God's home. I hear people sometimes talk about this building, this church building, is God's home. Well, no, it belongs to God. And it should be respected because it has been bought by the Lord's money for us to assemble in. But this ain't God's house. This is God's house. And I need to live like that. Because the Lord, in 2 Timothy 2, in verses 19 through 21, He knows those who belong to Him. And in His great house, as He talks about there, there are vessels of dishonor. That is true. There are people who live dishonorable lives. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about members of the church who live dishonorable lives. But there are vessels of honor. And that's what I want to be. And that's what I need to positively reinforce to myself every day. I am a vessel of honor. Again, in 1 Corinthians 6, in verses 19 through 20, in a context in which he talks about the use of your body and what you choose to do with your body and how he talks that it belongs to the Lord, how it's been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ, and it is now a temple of God. Sometimes I wonder... And I'm going to say something kind of hard, but I want you to listen carefully. Would you, would you think the things that you do with your body, and you just think about you, where you are in life, what you do with your body, would you think of going into a temple, be that a Jewish temple, a Muslim mosque, or whatever it might be, would you think of going in and doing the things that you do with your body in that place? Now, there's some people here who would say, yeah, because I don't do anything. I mean, there are certain things that would be inappropriate there, I know, but that are perfectly right in themselves, like the relation between a husband and wife or your bodily functions. But what I choose to do is activity, etc. There would some pe- There would be some people who would have to say, No, you know, because I'd be desecrating the place with some of the things I do. I'd be violating. It's a holy place. That's right. And that's what God is saying my body is. It's holy. I'm a saint. If I take these verses and some others and put them together, just a short list, and we could go on and on with this, but a short list of what I know about myself, what I should be saying to myself. I am a saint. I have been holy since the day I was born again. When I was born again, I was born of the water and of the Spirit, and I have been a holy person since that day. The Holy Spirit set me apart that day when I was baptized into the body of Christ, and that's where I am. So that everything I do, everything I say, all the actions I take, all the thoughts I have, all the feelings that I have, everything I do with myself in my private life, I'm in 
the body of Christ. My body is a temple. Now, you know, you can build a temple and you can have it clean and beautiful and you can have it erected to worship and honor the God you believe in. You can do that and it will be a beautiful, holy place because it will be set apart for that purpose. But you can go in and absolutely trash it. You can write filth on the walls. You can do filthy things in it. And it will be desecrated. It will be defiled. And you know that it is unfit to be dedicated to the God it honors. That's my body. And that's my choice. Remember, I am a saint. My body is a temple and it has been the home the habitation of God, since God came into my body the day I became a Christian. I am sealed, marked by God. Oh, you can't see it. The world can't see it. But Satan can. When Satan looks at you, when he looks at me, the Bible explicitly says, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 4, Revelation, several places in the book of Revelation, we are marked, sealed by God. Well, what does that mean? It means I've been designated, that God has stamped me, just like when you see something that's branded or marked or stamped, or if you want to look in a certain way, it's like when we go out and we notice somebody has a ring on their finger, it means something. It's a mark. And it's supposed to be saying, off limits. It's supposed to be saying, there is someone behind this mark that I honor, that I belong to. Now, God is saying that when He marks us as His vessel. And we're to be a vessel of honor. Satan knows that. And there are certain things Satan can do, but the Bible speaks of him being restricted and chained and that he can only go so far because you belong to God. But you can choose to dishonor or you can choose to remind yourself, I am a saint. I walk with Christ. When I was going to school and around a lot of people, the terminology of walking with Christ and your daily walk was used quite a bit. But I've noticed in the years of being a member of the church that that terminology is not used not anywhere near as much as other religious people use it. And I think that's to our detriment. Because the Bible speaks of walking with Jesus Christ. I'll point you to a passage that I will come back and visit in the future, so I'm not going to this morning. Read Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 1 through 18 and notice the description in the Bible of your daily walk with Jesus Christ. I walk with Christ. And I want you to notice how I put this up here. And we, not just Jesus, we, he and I, are the light of the world. When you go out into the world, you either shine as the light of God. Or you bring more darkness into the world. We are the light of the world. Because I walk with Jesus Christ. I am a saint. I am a son of glory. Exactly the terminology the Bible uses. A son meaning I'm a, an heir. And that's why we sometimes sing it in our songs. An heir of glory. And that's exactly right. But I am not waiting to be glorified. 
God speaks replete in the New Testament are passages that say to me, you already are glorified. And that's the way God sees me. I am a saint. I am glorified. I'm accepted. I'm favored by God now. And I need to be saying that to myself. I need to meet the world every day with that on my lips. I am a saint. When I look in the mirror and I see the reflection, I need to be saying in my mind, if not screaming, I am a saint. I'm not waiting to be one. I'm not someday going to be one. I'm not hoping or wishing I was one. I am a saint. And today there will be a difference in my life because of it. If you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, you might say, I don't think I can be a saint. You'd be right where I was in 1976, 40 years ago. And you're looking at the challenge to be different and be better and be everything you're supposed to be, and it seems overwhelming. Remember, you're not alone. God is going to help you be a saint. If you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing yourself and you're saying to yourself, I am, I am a saint. Or you're saying this morning as you sit there and you look at your life and you say, I've not committed, but today I am. Today I will acknowledge my belief in Jesus. He's the Son of God. And I'll change my life. With His help, I will change my life. I'll be baptized to wash all of my sins away and to get a new start in life. To start over and be everything I'm supposed to be. Maybe you're sitting there and you've done that and yet you look at your life and you say, I'm no saint. Then be one. Today start changing your life and being what you need to be. And really what deep down inside you, you want to be. And then every day, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I am a saint. Won't you please come?